She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. Season six! The dilapidated house to lawyer ratio is not correct. And I was like, it's not correct. And we know how good my dreams turn out. We're here in one of them right now. I will lay down, spread my legs, and take it. Like, we'll take it. <laughs> she was in too deep, and I'm trying to keep all the blood in my head. Instead of going under. My heart lives in my vagina. Instead of going under. This episode, we are talking about domestic violence. Not just physical, but emotional. If these but this is a triggering thing for you. If you're going through it, babes, come back. This episode will still be here. It's always going to be on the website. It's always going to be on RSS. You'll be able to find it no matter where. Just take your breather. Come back when you're ready. Season six, bitches! Uh, you literally said, I forgot how to pod as I was rolling it. And then I was like, I have the starting line. You go first. <laughs> you go first. Molly, what is your starting line? Okay, in my That's defense. That's not as bad as the time that you said she's Molly. And I was like, nope, nope. In I'm not. my defense, I have been reading Fish in a Tree. And it has been a slightly triggering book for me, which I'm doing a full post. It's going to be a long form post for TikTok and Instagram. I'm mm-hmm. tracking my journey of this book for um, the besties I'm on social. I'm very socials. glad you're finally reading it. Um, but it is really triggering and, uh, some of my old habits are popping up because I'm reverting mentally because I am sympathizing with this character so much. Mm-hmm. So, um, Take I, if you need them. I have been, I've been going like a couple chapters at a time, but I'm noticing that some of my older things that I don't normally have bad habits with are mm-hmm. popping up because I am in the headspace of a child's when I read it. So I've been having to the do not know shifts in a tree is it's a that's okay. It's a book that I recommended to Molly last season. Children's book. Um and it's about a girl who's dyslexic and it's a fantastic read. Yeah. Emily Hunt, is that the author? Um I wanna say so. The novels the books in the other room. We'll we'll put it in the comments or in the description or whatever. But um uh it's a really good middle grade book. So. Yeah, and I did text you asking you if it was going to make me cry, and mm-hmm. you're like, mm, probably not, and I'm already tearing up, just because I'm, I'm feeling- Actually, what I said is, it didn't make me cry, but I have a different relationship with the content than you do. Right, exactly. And it's not that I'm crying, it's I'm getting emotionally connected to this material in a way you mm-hmm. wouldn't. Right? And so it's definitely weighing heavier on my heart. So it is a book I will be taking a long time to read. Yeah, that's fair. But hey, Uh, I'm reading it physically. That's a win. So what else have you done for your pod break? Because we took a whole month and a half off. I've been writing. I'm so excited to see how that comes out. And I figured out how to. Okay, so I had to give up the... 90s thriller for now because writer's block is a hoe Mm. writer's block is a hoe any writer will tell you that but i had a dream the show show, and we know how good my dreams turn out we're here in one of them right now um i had a dream about merging two novels that i already started together Mm -hmm. and i was like this is going to be a nightmare Mm -hmm. and they absolutely have to be merged together but then i learned um it's an awful thing to try to take two stories and make them one story. And every yeah. author I've talked to is like, congratulations and condolences at the same time, because this is the worst thing you've ever decided to do yourself. Then the other day I text you and Katie first thing in the morning and I was like, guys, I'll fucking figure it out. And I did. I figured it out. It is a romance novel, but it's not just a romance novel. It's a love story between not two, but three people. Because love stories come in different formats. And love mm-hmm. comes in different formats. And one of those loves is platonic love. So this is a love story between two best friends and a love mm-hmm. story between a man and a woman. And I'm mm-hmm. really fucking excited because I figured it out all by myself and I didn't need any help and I'm a big kid. Okay, if you don't use the phrase, she's my person. Oh, it would be a lost cause. Is, 
and him saying, I'm your husband or boyfriend or whatever. I'm supposed to be your person. And then she doesn't respond with, be my person. Then. Oh, it would just, I would be I a terrible race friend. I don't want it. I don't want it. Take it back. <laughs> I don't want to take it back. So what about you? What have you guys been up to? Oh, you guys went to Disney. We went to Disney. Um, funny story. While we were in Disney, one of my favorite audiobook TikTokers, um, mm-hmm. I, I have only listened to like one of her audiobooks, but I mm-hmm. like her content on TikTok and Instagram. She was, she's from Virginia, like I am. Uh-huh. And she was at Disney at the same time as us. So I kept like secretly hoping that you'd run, into, run her. into her. Um, cause she kept like posting different things. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I was just there. Um, and uh, I was hoping that I would run into her and could be like, hey, I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I do the books on the internet too. I too am something of a book influencer. There are um, 700 people that like me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, we went to Disney. It was fantastic. The boys had a blast. Um, was the weather good? Uh, it was very cold. It was not Florida weather. When we were in Magic Kingdom, it was like 45 degrees. So I ended up getting sick. That's not fun. Um, I ended up with a sinus infection, which is pretty normal for me because I have really uh-huh. bad allergies. And staying in hotels just doesn't agree with those allergies. Well, it's not like you're getting good, clean air filters like yeah. you are at home. It's the same thing as being on a plane. Like right. you're getting recycled air. And yeah, it's just not. It's just not. Not. Good. Yeah. Um, but we had a really good time. Um, it, I have to say, you know, I always hear about kids that are um, doing the Make-A-Wish and they pick Disney and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we did see a few Make-A-Wish kids while we were there. Uh, but Disney is the most handicapped accessible place I've ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. It's so sweet. Amazing. And they don't just think about physical disabilities. They think about developmental and mm-hmm. neurodivergent and um, their disability services are top notch. And yeah. having a husband, my husband walks with a cane. He used his wheelchair while we were in Disney because even the cane walking would have been too much. Just, just, yeah. and, and my son being autistic, um, the care that Disney takes for people who. That's amazing. Yeah. Are differently abled and and I only had I think two instances where mm-hmm. the ride attendant or attraction attendant talked to me about Tom instead of talking to him. Yeah, everybody else talked to the person. Yeah, and um, that's important because just because you're in a wheelchair doesn't mean that you can't think for yourself, that you don't have autonomy, that you don't have some independence. Um, and it was apparent, apparent that that was trained into them. Yeah. That um, what can we do to make your time magical? It's a uh, one, it's an inclusive hire too. like my mm-hmm. cousin works at, at Florida Disney mm-hmm. as a chef. And she is constantly imp- like when she posts something about working there, I'm constantly impressed with how they treat her, the medical care. She's pregnant right now mm-hmm. and they're handling that. Like A plus, it's lovely, um, yeah. but yeah. we were there. They weren't giving out in California. They give Disney had headphones for kids for some of the rides that are just mm-hmm. too overstimulating, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, um, we went with a, a Disney um, planner, mm-hmm. and you know what? I'll put her uh, information in our description nice. because Cheryl did amazing work for us and. If you are a, a family that has special needs children or adults, I highly recommend using her because she created um, like sensory guides for That's Disney. Nice. So like she sent me a PDF, which is proprietary to her. So I cannot mm-hmm. share with anybody else, but I would encourage you to use her. It does not cost anything to use her as your planner. Um, she is paid by Disney. Um, she sent me a, this is really high sensory. Here are the triggers for kids that are neurodivergent. Here's some that will be safe, 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 safe. Um, and, and it wasn't all applicable to my, my son, but it was still incredibly helpful. James looked Um, like both, I mean, both boys looked like they were having a great time. Oh my gosh. It was your pictures. 
I mean, amazing. James was James is definitely getting that moody teenager boy face. Yeah. Like, you can see it in the stop fucking taking pictures of me faces he's yeah. got going. But yeah. he, he was like, like he was I don't really like princesses. I don't want to meet any of the princesses. I was like, what the fuck do you think Disney is? Like, we're meeting the princesses. Literally? Whose castle is that, ass? Right. <laughs> whose castle? So, we. And are... I read I read two books. You've read two books. And I watched Grey's Anatomy from the beginning until the episode where Arizona cheats on Callie. And I was like, yeah, that's not enough for me. I read, what did I read? I read Starbringer. Mm-hmm. I finished our book for today. Mm-hmm. I guess I read three books because I read today's book too. Um, I'm reading, I'm currently reading the other one. And I'm reading Ocean Vaughn. Um, he, he's a poet. Uh, mm-hmm. His... Um, I'm reading Exit Wounds from the Sky right now, mm-hmm. and oh my god, that book. It mm-hmm. is just, his life is intense, and his childhood mm-hmm. was intense, and just mm-hmm. the way he transports his world into words via poetry mm-hmm. is just, mm-hmm. you know, it, it goes to my mood reading, you know? I read um, the final book in the the confidence of wildflowers Mm. that Um, book series looks good it was very good i read the first book in the um throne of glass and then the book for today Uh. katie had been begging me to read the throne of glass series and i like i like the akatar series um first book in throne of glass was kind of boring it was a lot of world building yeah Um, it got very very good the last third but the Mm. first two thirds i was just like Oh, I I struggle with Sarah J. Moss. I'm gonna next break. That I'm book gonna... had the criticisms that you usually give of hers, with the um, world building being like slow and not. I don't know. Driven. I was I was in a weird headspace when we did Akatar, so I don't know if it was just me when we read Akatar because 95 percent of all America women that is my age loves Akatar. I mean, you liked the first one. It just wasn't your, like, favorite. It just didn't hold my attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was fine. It was fine. But I shouldn't. And, and then I read, of course, the book for today, which. Yes, is. Want to talk about it? Yes. Part of Your World by Abby Jimenez. Jimenez. So, funny story about Abby. I went to find her on TikTok. Uh-huh. I was already following her on my personal one. That's so funny. Want to know why? Because she has a funny dog. <laughs> I didn't know she would. I knew she was an author, but I thought she was a TikTok author. Like, I'm a TikTok author, not a TikTok author. A TikTok <laughs> author. Not a multiple published author. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I thought she was just, she's not just a TikTok author. She is a well-known baker. Yeah, I didn't know that and, until I read your and, like, a Food Network winner. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'll put her website in the diddly-doos, gang. Like, she's just... Um, before I get into the synopsis, I want to do a yeah. trigger warning, gang. Yeah. Um, This episode, and I'm going to talk about this again, this episode we are talking about domestic violence. Not yes. just physical, but emotional. If yes. these, this is a triggering thing for you, if you're going through it, babes come back. This episode will still be here. It's always going to be on the website. It's always going to be on RSS. You'll be able to find it no matter where. Just take your breather. Come back when you're ready. Yeah. With that being said, how about I read you the words I wrote about this story? Before you do, this book is the first book that we're doing for February. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good idea too. (laughs) Season six are going to be I know how to pod. <laughs> it always it's, takes us a few episodes to get into it. Um, I forgot this is like, like I'm acting like you, you throw out the first one, you know. Like yeah, I, I just I'm acting like we've haven't been like we're just jumping back into it. Like yeah. this isn't the first episode of the season. Welcome well, back, gang. Well we're doing what we've done every February since we started, and that is we're doing Read romance. romance. Yeah. Um, so this is our first book in that season uh, or in this uh, series of romance reads. And we will have uh, in two weeks, we'll have Nikki Payne on to talk I'm about her so... book. It's actually the week that her book releases when she will be on the pod. It's so, her second novel. It's yeah. going to be featured on the Today Show. 
our friend Nikki Payne is yeah. going to be the romance novel of the season. I am saying. Oh yeah, it. yeah. I am saying it. I'm. And so anybody, anybody that has anything that has anything shitty to say about her can catch we me outside. Don't hear it. No. Catch me outside. How about that? I'm so proud of how far like she's I come, know. and. I, I think too. I think she got a lot of attention because of her BIPOC challenge. Yeah. Um reading challenge. And if you discovered her from that, go ahead mm-hmm. and read her book. Because yeah. it <laughs> And if Pride your and protest just, was so good. Pride and Protest. How about these? Um Pride and Protest was spectacular and if you've been a long time book bestie and you have no idea what we're fucking talking about first of all shame on you secondly secondly go listen to annapolis book festival episode yeah from last season i'll put it in the things it's a really long episode but we had so much fun there. but nikki's the first one so if you only yeah. listen to her interview yeah it'll be worth it it'll she's be so amazing she was a good interview such a great interview. Yeah. Okay. All right, so you want to talk about, you want to give us a synopsis of part of your world? Okay. Abby, Abby, Abby. Let's talk about her book. By the way, I thought for sure this was like a, a retelling of like. A Disney. part of your yeah. world. I mean, she has red hair. That was what I was expecting. She has but red a part, hair too, yeah. But that's not what it was. Where I don't even want, like, okay. But the, the Disney Grays blending that happens here Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like we'll get into it we'll fucking get into it anyway give me the synopsis girl i'm trying i'm just so excited we're back i'm so excited i have not done one of these in like a month and a half because i didn't lead anything since the beginning of december yeah there were only three books in december you did the first one so yeah it's been like two months Katie so what? So let's see if I get an April <laughs> approval or not, or if I get a screaming go. Okay. <laughs> After attending her late aunt's funeral, Alexis Montgomery, yes, Montgomery, mm-hmm. she gets stuck in, well, luckily for her, the unofficial mayor of Wakana, 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 mayor of the unofficial mayor of Wakan finds her there. Gets her unstuck and gets her along her way. Their paths cross again later at the VFW that evening. The promise of a baby goat and, and you know, a bet. In pajamas. A baby in goat pajama, in pajamas. In pajamas. And the bet of $100 hangs in the balance. So Alexis agrees to go home with Daniel Grant, the mayor of Wakan. After what can only be described as a magical evening, Alexis returns to her life, but she cannot stop thinking about Daniel. But there are a few things blocking their way. An ex-boyfriend who will not move out and has been emotionally abusive to her for years. Mm-hmm. A nearly 10-year age gap between them. The four-hour drive between the two of them. Her massive career and family expectations, and so much more I didn't have time to put it in this synopsis. Mm-hmm. In this funny, sweet, beautiful story, we talk about real reasons why love won't work. Right. Real life problems and really cute goats and a dog you'll learn to fall in love with. And a pig that is not feral, but is feral. Hey, leave Kevin Bacon alone. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into the questions. Yeah. But my first question actually isn't about this book. Okay. Before we dive in, I want to talk about how we originally had a different novel for this episode. We did. Today. We did. We did. Um, that book was called Lockdown on London Lane. While mm-hmm. it was all these, it was on all the rom-com lists. It's the reason mm-hmm. I picked it, actually. Um, you and I didn't see it. We actually DNF'd it. I was mm-hmm. several chapters in. You were several chapters in. I was halfway through it. Yeah. Um, so let's explain why we DNF. So for me, from the beginning, I was already kind of like, oh, it feels too soon mm. to read a book. I was uncomfortable. Being locked in for the pandemic. And by the way, I don't know what was happening in the UK. I don't know if this is accurate, but I don't either. in London, in this story, they literally locked them in their building and wouldn't let them out. And made the like 
managers of said building responsible for the people in and out. So right. gave which didn't feel legal. No, there was just how can you lock someone in their home. There was just I don't it know. Was, there was a lot it was of really uncomfortable. It was I was I was uncomfortable, and I read a lot of books. And I didn't like it. It was no. uncomfortable. And I don't it know was... if that really happened. But so if you're somebody in the England, UK, we do have some UK listeners. We absolutely do. Um, so let us Tell know. Us. I don't know. But I don't know. The story was like several different like vignettes of different apartments mm-hmm. in this building. Um, and only one was of a couple. And yeah. they were like on the way out like i know she wanted to quit him after i think they'd been together for like 14 years or something 17 seven seven years seven years she wanted to quit him after seven years because he put pineapple on his pizza like and she didn't know that he did that before right and there was just like like, what the hell and then the one night stand and it was just that became a many night stand because now they're locked in together and then there's the one couple that he seemed to have like a pretty bad anxiety disorder and he doesn't do well without his person and she wasn't allowed to come back in the building yeah that was fucking and then there was a bachelorette party and then there was the new couple who Mm -hmm. were all of a sudden not the one night stand couple but the newish couple that were all of a sudden now plunged into a very serious relationship and she didn't even want him to like know what she looked like without makeup yet that's so wild it's just it was not a good story either and i I did it 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 if you would have made me but to me it wasn't a romance novel i could that that's what bothered me the most it felt more like a historical period note yeah on the times on the covid on the covid and less about romance yeah and maybe the romance was later it won so all sorts of rom-com awards. It was like labeled the the rom-com of COVID. I don't like it. No, I thank didn't you. Like it. And, no, thank okay, you. so that makes three books that we've DNF for Pod. And honestly, we have valid reasons on all of them for sure. All of them for sure. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't have any desire to finish that. I don't either, and that's that's why it gets one question and we move on. Yeah. On that vein, um, I wanted to let everybody know that I started my own story graph. Um, I've been on Goodreads, uh, which is where a lot of our readers are. We have several, our listeners, I should say, several listeners have uh, started following me on Goodreads, which is great. Like, I love that they're doing that. If you want to check out the story graph, um, there's a lot more uh, data. Yeah. That like my nerd brain like loves on the story graph. Your Excel oh. spreadsheet oh, love in yeah, mind really just goes. Ooh. You can transfer all your data from Goodreads into the story graph, so you can still have that data. I'm currently using both as I'm trying to build my story graph because I still most of my followers are still on Goodreads. But um, one thing I have to say that I like about Goodreads. Okay, so positives about Goodreads before I tell you specifically our story graph before I tell you specifically what I like about it positives for it it's not owned by amazon it's actually a small business it's also a black owned business um so there are a lot of great reasons to support the story graph my favorite thing about it is the data that it gives i love the charts i love seeing the breakdown of what i'm reading and how fast i'm reading and how that differs each month Mm -hmm. but i also freaking love that i can rate things with half stars quarter stars and three-fourths of a star but half stars and you can mark a book as DNF and tell what percentage you stopped at. I started. You I started can't to do that in Goodreads. I started a DNF file. Uh, yes. Did you? I don't know if you follow. If you guys, I don't keep track of my Goodreads as well as I should. I'm trying this year because I'm actually keeping on top of my reading. Did you see that? I actually posted twice this already in the I challenge. I'm, so I'm, I'm such a big kid. Um. <laughs> If I say it, it enough, I'll... 40 years to get there. It's fine. It's <laughs> uh, almost 41. It's fine. Um, but <laughs> I started a DNF file, a pile in my Goodreads because there's just, yeah. I DNF books too much. I well, DNF books I, I wanted, I wasn't sure how you do that. So I actually did Google how to tag something as DNF. And so you, you know how it's like, want to read 
currently reading, uh, previously read or read mm-hmm. or whatever, you can make one of those categories that's DNF. Mm. And then you can like rate the book with how what percentage you took and leave it in that shelf. Interesting. But I don't, I don't like it as well as just being able to put it in story graph and being able to say, I, I like think I DNF at London lockdown on London at like third, at like 67% or something. I could mm-hmm. put DNF 67% and you can still list like why you DNF. You can still, you could still give there's content ratings on story graph mm-hmm. that you can give. You can tag it with certain things. Um, there's just like a lot more content to it than that's Goodreads. amazing. It's owned by Amazon. So it is, I mean, and yeah, it, if we can get away from Daddy Amazon, the better, you know, like. Except if Daddy Amazon wants to, uh, you know, sponsor our pod, then we not sponsored. I will lay down, spread my legs and take it. Like, we'll take it. <laughs> How about we talk about this book now? <sighs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's season six. We're fine. Oh Let's keep going, God. fuckers. Abby Jimenez is not only an author, but a Food Network winner and a famous baker. I discovered her on TikTok months ago because of her dog content, Face Plum. And this is her first book we have covered on Pod. What do you think? So a coworker of mine has recommended her for Pod several times, and I just mm. never, like, put her on the schedule. And um, this particular book was on my TBR when you said, how about we do this one? I was like, yeah, sure, it's on my TBR. It's fine. Um I think her writing is smart. It is. And I know we're going to talk about this later, so I don't want to go too much into it. But one of the things that I texted you about this book was this book does not have a third act breakup because of a miscommunication. Yeah. There are so many people that hate the miscommunication trope. I don't mind it. I figure you have have struggles in your relationship. This book has a third act breakup because of a something real legitimate. Yeah. Like it's a legitimate struggle. And yeah. it made me so sad. I texted yeah. you and said, if this doesn't have a happy ending, ending. I'm going to be You were so heartbroken. Because, because when there's a miscommunication, you're like, yeah, that makes sense that they would break up. Right. And we're going to get back together. No big deal. So, I legitimately thought they're not going to overcome this. As someone that hates the miscommunication trope, mm-hmm. what frustrates me 95% of the time is they are two functioning, fully grown adults yeah. who know how to communicate properly. They just need to talk to each other. And they know how to communicate. Yeah. But they're obviously avoiding talking about this singular thing. It just makes no sense. Right. It makes no sense in most storylines. This right. made sense. She, right. Okay. So here's the thing with Abby for me. Miss Jimenez here. She somehow mixes reality and Disney fairy tales together. Mm-hmm. While it feels like a romance novel and ma- but and it, it feels magical and sweet and there's these special moments that really get you in the heart. It's also realistic as fuck. Yeah. I didn't get the Disney at all from it, by the way. I no? assumed it was going to be a Disney retelling because the part of you but it wasn't that at all for me i didn't see that at all but what i will say is um i i own a lot of books since we started pod i came off of of about a three and a half year (laughs) book buying ban and started buying books and i i do it because it's hard for me to keep up with pod with using my local library because a lot of books we're covering are very popular and they have holds on them. Yeah. And I still encourage you, get on your hold list with your local library. You can get those books. It's just not in the time frame that I need in order to do pod. Yeah. Um, and so I was not going to buy Lockdown on London. I was just going to listen to the audio and I wasn't going to buy it. Mm-hmm. And when we switched gears and we went to Part of Your World, I also didn't buy that one because I was like, well, it's fine. I'm, right. I'm already planning to listen. I'm just going to go ahead and do mm-hmm. that. And it was so good that not only did I go and buy it, I bought the sequel. Well, so I have both well, of them. And well, the sequel, this is a series that's like some of the other rom-com series where it's a same. <laughs> you did the same. Same. I was halfway through the audiobook and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna get the physical. And then it's like, did you want to read the next one? And I was like, yeah, Amazon. <laughs> So the second one is like a spinoff of this one. So this one is her, the second one's her best friend, Brianna. Yeah. Um, And, and I like those kind of series where 
it's still part of the same world, but it's different characters. I like that. Um, okay. Where are we? Number Oh, we're only on the um, third question. You, you didn't tell us what you thought. <laughs> you let me ramble and then just said, okay, question three. <laughs> well, I bought the books. I so liked them. End of story. I Question like them. Three. End of story. No, um, I like her writing style. Usually, I, I, I think she works well for pod too. I think I think she works again. well for pod. It's an easy read. It's a light listen. Mm-hmm. I didn't. There was no struggles with the content mm-hmm. as a lit audiobook listener. Yeah. Sometimes when there is text messages, multiple point of views, that yeah. kind of thing, it can get really muddy. And okay. actually, let's this perfectly into my next question. Which we'll talk about in a second. Can, can I share my only complaint about this book? Please. So my only complaint about this book is I wanted, it's um, cracked door, not closed door. I wanted open door. I actually texted you, I want this story written by Olivia Dade. I wanted I, I sex want the, so bad in I here. I wanted the sex more. And, and right. I didn't get that. So. It's totally off topic. Totally off topic. Okay. Um, I was talking with Matt about what I've been writing. Uh-huh. And Piper comes to the kitchen. She goes, can I read it? No. And I go, Piper, it's romance. I go, mom's writing sex. She goes, yeah, hard pass. <laughs> and just walks out of the room. Honestly, it was weird for me to read uh, your first couple of chapters of the one because I was like, oh, but I've known her and Matt for so long. <laughs> Well, there was a long conversation with my husband, because you're one of my beta readers, about how I had to change the name of one of the characters because my one of the male leads was named Sam. Yeah. And I was like, I can't do that. I mean, there's a lot of Sams and Jameses. And, uh, right. And- but if I want you to read my dirty, dirty romance novel, I cannot make my main character named Sam. I really can't. can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I respect you and I love your son. Your thoughtfulness is appreciated. <laughs> so I want to take a minute to compliment the audiobook narrators. Oh my gosh, yes. It had dual narration. There was two of them. Mm-hmm. Julia, well, I'm going to say this wrong. Wheeland, W-H-E-L-A-N. I think it's and, Wheeland. And Zachary Weber. Um, I'll put the links below. Um, obviously, it's Audible, hashtag not sponsored. Um the audiobook also came with the PDF, a PDF of the back section that's in the hard book. So the reader's guide, what was in the PDF for the audiobook was the reader's guide, the questions for readers, Daniel's crepe recipe, and the author's note. It was pretty interesting. And the dog she talks about on TikTok is not this one, by the way. Um, so that's where I was at. Next question. Daniel and Alexis. Uh, no, oh, no sorry. sorry. I was like, I want to talk about them. You, you talk about them. You, you haven't the asked the question yet. Go ahead. That is the question. I just wanted oh. to um, state what was a part of the audiobook. Options. What was the name of the uh, male author again? Or Zachary narrative? Weber. Listen, I looked up what other books he does because he was so phenomenal. He's so fucking Daniel. fantastic. I've there's never loved a male scene, narrator this much. There's a scene. Side note, if you're new to Book Besties, we give spoilers. So if you haven't read book, just know we give spoilers. Um, we only do this once a season. We give spoilers. Yeah. We we say we only do it once a season, and I feel like every fucking episode really. Like, I know. Spoilers. Um, so there's a scene in which they've broken up, and um, she calls Daniel. Uh-huh. And she's sitting in her room in the dark in a chair crying and he's sitting in his room in bed and the dark and crying and it's told in Daniel's voice and it ends with him saying, and then when we hung up, I blocked her number so she can't hurt me like this again. And it was so shatteringly real. Oh, his voice. He narrated it. The the, the catch in his throat and and, and you could feel the tears. Like he was a true actor. He was I wanted him to narrate the whole thing. I didn't need the woman to be. Oh, I loved having the female male voice. It definitely helped me. He was so good. good. And he made Daniel real. 
He made Daniel realer on the page than I have ever had a male narrator do. So I I decided I wanted to listen to him again. So I pulled up his audiobook Uh list and um, I was like, oh, let me see if there's something on here that I know that I haven't listened to that I, you know, could. You can. Yeah. Um, And he is the narrator for Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, yep, that makes. He's gonna be the narrator for her next audiobook. Uh, worst wingman ever. I'm pretty sure he's done like all of hers, which is great. That means anything by her, I can listen to. But yeah, Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, yeah, Why? he kind of looks did. like a Sprouse twin. Like if like we needed a fill in for a Sprouse, he's the guy to call. He's stand in Sprouse. He's a stand in Sprouse. He's Sprouse three um, I feel like we have started the season off just so well. So perfectly. It's just spectacular. Because, you know, women of our age should definitely be talking about the Sprouse Twins. <laughs> oh, man. All right, go ahead. Daniel and Alexis are a good match. However, there is two major divides in this book that makes it hard for them to be together. One is a large financial difference. And the other is age. And what did you think of how the author worked these into the story and used it to progress the novel along? I think you're missing one. I think the other big obstacle is family obligation. And oh, okay. just the fam the financial status. Well, I would take away the finance. I would rather get rid of the money and put the family obligation. I would rather well, I would say agree. I would family agree. obligation. The I money kind of just barrier. I think the it, age barrier was the easiest one to overcome. It was that money. Sorry, go ahead. It's that money world bubble she was in. You know, it was that Montgomery bubble. Yeah. Let's call it that. The Montgomery bubble, right? Yeah. That little, she had, it's Alexa, it's, uh, it's Addison going to California. It's Addison going to California. Yeah. It's Addison going to California. God damn it, Abby. (laughs) Um, I, I think the age barrier thing was the easiest for her to overcome. Mm-hmm. First of all, she had just gotten out of a relationship with somebody who was 10 years older than her. Yeah. Um, the weird thing was that she was the one that was older. Yeah. Um, but maturity wise, even though she was like literally a whole doctor. Yeah. By the way, there's a quote in there. You are a whole doctor. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> and still a disappointment. Like, how is that possible? Um, She's a she's a whole doctor and, like doctor. and he doctor is, doctor. He's like much more knowledgeable of the world. Yeah. We actually talk about that. Like her well, being so um sheltered. Yeah. Um, I think that the biggest obstacle they have is the whole being part of each other's world. Mm-hmm. Money aside, I think initially she saw this as sort of like the pool boy fling, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I'll just have a fling with the pool boy, with the farm boy, whatever. It's just something that rich women do sometimes. It doesn't have to be serious. It's just something I gotta get out of my system. Something we get out of our system. And then we'll let it go and I'll never think about him ever again. Right. Just have my happy life. But he wasn't the beefcake, like, hair-flipping dumb guy. No. Like, he's not Ken. He's not Ken. He's Knuff. He's enough, okay? He's an Allen. He's an Allen. He's an Allen. Um, he's a good guy, legitimately. And he reminds I, me a lot of Matt. <laughs> the the obligations that they each have to their family is the true barrier for them. Yeah. Yep. Um that I think uh her inability to communicate was part of that. Her being unable to talk about her life. And him not talking about his mom, mm. real weird to me. But I, I understand it. Right. This isn't a kind of relationship that I've ever had, as we've established many times on this on this pod. Out of the two of yeah. us, I have had several and you've had almost none. We got it. <laughs> but I, I feel like what they intended this relationship to be, both of them intended yeah. this relationship to be sex. Yeah. It was never supposed to be yeah. more than that. Yeah. Neither one of them were in a place that it could be more than that. Yeah. 
Exactly. And that, my friends, is why I didn't mess around with a bunch of guys and have sex with a bunch of guys because I personally believe you can't detach your feelings from it. I do not judge people that go, that sleep with lots of people. I do not judge people that have multiple partners. I don't judge you. What you do in your bedroom is what you do in your bedroom. But for me, I cannot remove the emotional uh, uh, attachment. Your heart's in your vagina. My heart lives in my vagina. And yeah, I can be both, but that's a whole different conversation. That's a whole different, that's a not a pod combo. That's a combo between me and my therapist probably. But okay. (laughs) Daniel Grant is the unofficial mayor of Wacon. This Gilmore Girls, Heart of Disky-esque town, everyone seems to take care of each other. They all have many jobs that help make this town move. So when his mom who he calls by her first name, tells him she's going to sell the house. It's a shock. The story, this storyline is a huge driving force for Daniel in his life during this book. Where did you fall on the B&B storyline? Sell, don't sell. I think he had the family obligation to keep it in the family. And I think he was trying his darndest to do that because his mom clearly did not care about the family obligation. She was a drug addict. Right. She was thinking about herself. Funny enough, Tom and I literally had a conversation uh, an hour before you and I logged into film that was about how houses get dilapidated over time. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, you know, what ends up happening is the house has been in the family for generation after generation, generation after generation. And then you get the one guy who goes to college and becomes a lawyer and the house falls apart, but he keeps it, but it starts falling apart. And that's how houses get dilapidated. And I said, there's no way that's correct where there'd be more lawyers. And he's like, you're right. The dilapidated house to lawyer ratio is not correct. And I was like, that's not correct. <laughs> and that is like so applicable to what we're talking about now. Because there's always the, there's always that one person in the family who's like, I don't want to fulfill the family obligation. I, I want to I wanna go do something else. Is this the pie chart, Tom? Like, is it like, like this is... This is where the dilapidated houses are, right here, buddy, in the middle. This <laughs> is my Venn diagram of... <laughs> we need more lawyers or less dilapidated houses to even it out. The numbers aren't adding up, Tom. <laughs> it was just funny. It was like a little side conversation. Anyway, um, I, I get his want to be to keep to the family obligation, but I don't think that he stays in Wacom because of his family. I think he stays in Wacom because of his community. I think he loves being in Wacom because he loves being in Wacom. Yeah. I don't think it has anything to do with the house. Keeping the house is a bonus. He loves the house because it was his grandparents' house. He loves the mm-hmm. house because he grew up in the house. I, right. you know what I mean? But he really his had great great grandfather built it. Right, right. Yeah. I'm on the team keep too, by the way, in case sure. you were wondering. For sure. Um, by the way, when we did Royal Holiday in uh-huh. December, so that was the end of last season, season five, uh-huh. one of the things I said was these people are too established in their lives to give up pieces of their lives in order to be together. And so now in like, this one, you're like, fuck it. Give it up, girl. Go marry Daniel. <laughs> I just felt like in this one, it made so much more sense. Well, it's different in this one. But you know why it made more sense? Well, first of all, he was still young. So that made sense. But for me, it made more sense here because neither one of them were tied to their jobs because of personal obligation. It was familial Mm -hmm. obligation. And that's different. Yeah. 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 When Alexis meets Daniel. Wait, what? Why can't I fucking write? When Alexis meets Daniel. Her life is a mess. Yep. She's in the middle of a terrible breakup with a boyfriend yep. who's a monster, Neil. She's feeling the pressure of her family's legacy. And their brother just married an international pop star she had to sign an NDA to learn mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Um, things are not going awesome for her. Mm-hmm. Was Daniel a distraction at first for her, for her? Or do you think she knew she would fall in love eventually? Mm-hmm. He was the pool boy. He was the pool boy. He was um, a two-hour booty call. And honestly, 
as soon as she started falling in love with him, she definitely should have pulled the freaking parachute. She should have pulled that line and just uh, got out of there. Yes, and I agree with you, but she did try. She did try, but she couldn't. She was too far in. She mm. was in too deep, and I'm trying to keep all the blood in my head. Instead of going under. Instead of going under. You know, I would really love it if someone dropped a comment that there's entirely too much singing in this podcast. Maybe you'd stop doing it. <laughs> Never. Hi, I'm Molly and I sing songs randomly. Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. I'm not fucking singing this time. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I, I kind of had this underlining feeling she'd fall in love. But it, it was would definitely be a rom com if she didn't. Yeah, right. This book speaks on domestic violence and not mm-hmm. just the physical, but the emotional in a way Colleen Hoover would never. Sorry, Colleen Hoover fans. Um, I'm not sorry. Fuck Colleen Hoover. I, I just, no. Um, but my point is the grace she took. What did you think of this author's use of it in this book? Yeah, I thought it was really great. Um, the you're a whole doctor and somehow you're still a disappointment, which was essentially yeah. the root of her issues with her partner, Neil. So she and Neil had been together. I think it was seven years that they were together. Seven years. They owned a house together, but they were never married. Because and, Neil had already been married and he didn't want to get married again. And she didn't want to marry him. I mean, can you um, her? I fucking he, met Neil. He abused her emotionally and she didn't even realize it was abuse. And I know that you're going to talk about this later, but I'm going to combine these two questions because I think they're important. Okay. I think the way that she was raised as a child was also emotional abuse. A hundred percent. Put obligation on her that they didn't need to. They put pressure on her and they always made sure that she knew she would be the second choice that, that, uh, Derek was number one and you will always be number two. Derek? Really, guys? Really, Derek? And then Neil, not only did he make her feel inferior in her knowledge base because she was raised in a hella rich family who basically she never learned to cook or clean because why would she? She had care for literally she didn't know how to use a washing machine. She didn't right. know how to, she, she learned how to wash dishes. She didn't know how to do any of that. No. And the reason that he was, that was part of what he was digging in with her, but other things were he found something that she was insecure about and he dug in deep on that. Yep. So he, he kept saying things to her like, did you shower today? Yeah. You know, you it, stuff about her body. body and, she was taking three showers a day. Yeah. So she became basically OCD and hyperfixation to keep her body clean because, because her partner was telling her that she smelled bad. It's just, I want to talk, I'm going to move to that question in a second, but Abby didn't use it as a <gasps> moment. You know what I mean? Right. She gracefully put this into this story as a part of this story. It is a real part of this woman's life. And, it, and it's, it's not, not the love story. And it's not the heavy hand. It so is not the major Colleen driving Hoover, force in this novel. Like our biggest complaint with Colleen Hoover, because we did The Sins With Us in, um, I don't know, one of our seasons. Le- and, season four. And that book is, 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 is said it's a romance novel, but it's not. Colleen Hoover does not write romance. She writes abuse and abuse, disguises no. it with romance. It's abuse sex novels. It's gross. And um, that book uses the abuse as mm-hmm. the romance driving force of the romance and whereas not- this book we see the comparative of why it's so easy for her to fall yeah. in love with daniel because neil was not the person who could care for her perfectly in april i'm gonna read this question it's almost like we know what we're doing it's like you've read in the notes <laughs> <laughs> I still don't remember what anyone said. So, <laughs> since we've been talking about the DV, let's talk about Alexis and her her ex Neil. Neil uses Alexis's privilege against her. Mm-hmm. Daniel doesn't. Uh, yeah. Part of the problem is Alexis 
doesn't know how to care for herself. She is so wealthy and so upper class that she has yeah. not had to do things on her own. She's this, a level of rich that you can't dream of. No. Um, Daniel never holds it against her. Anytime she says, I don't know how to do that, Daniel goes, oh, wait, let me show you. That is how you should react to something like that. Mm -hmm. Not treat someone like they're an idiot, like Neil did. Um, this is one of several things in this book that points out the differences between the two male interests. But I want to talk about how Seamless Abby wrote in Alexis's life with the abuse. And it wasn't something forced on our readers, but a sad part of her tale. Did you think this character had growth in the novel because of it? I don't think the growth came from her story with Daniel. No. I think her growth came from her story with therapy. Yeah. But she had already done the work before we met her. She did she the work was before was healed and on her journey to her end goal mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. we met her. Which, right. which that's part probably part of the reason her and Daniel were so good to each other mm -hmm. is because she realized she deserved love. Mm -hmm. It took her a minute. Exactly. It took her a minute, but she's like, oh, wait, she I didn't deserve recognize this. how Neil was treating her was abuse. No. No. Because he never hit her. No, so I it mean, can't be abuse, right? He no, never no, hit her. No, no. There's more abuse than just physical. Yeah, there is. Um, do you think Neil had growth at the end? I don't think we can answer that question yet. I think mm -hmm. he was starting to do the work. And I don't think, I think Abby would be remiss to, if she wrote a book with Neil as the main character and got to see his next yeah. uh, try at things. I don't think the fans would like it. I don't think we're ready for that. But, I don't think he deserves I, it. We don't have enough information to say that Neil had growth. I feel like there was the start of growth for Neil. Right. I just felt like. <clears throat> he had a long ways to go and for him to play acting stage that comes yeah. with growth yeah but he openly admitted he wanted to go back keep going he mm -hmm. openly admitted he realized that he was doing this in his other relationships he mm -hmm. knew he was part of the problem yeah. it was more a matter of doing something about it right yeah he was still in the this is what you're doing wrong now you have to fix it stage where he was fixing it knowingly yeah. As opposed to actually having changed, and so it's better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of funny parts in this book. Oh, my uh, God. I was literally laughing out loud at parts. So many times. And I had funny. headphones in. Uh -huh. And I um, I was in. One I'm was. i up some of the quotes right now. While you're um, but the anal parts in this book were the top for me. Just. I laughed out loud at so many of them. But my favorite is from chapter 18. It I literally laughed out loud. Hunter is a deaf dog who just mm -hmm. recently has moved to the farm, um, who is madly in love with Alexa, as Daniel, as much as Daniel is, to be honest. Um, Hunter ruins a girl's weekend by bringing uh, Alexis a small token of his affection, a half-dead mm -hmm. squirrel. Yep. And uh, that half-dead squirrel ends up coming to life and ruining their girls' weekend brunch. Alexis, during this time frame, also is acting like she doesn't know Daniel in front of her friends. And mm -hmm. uh, she then learns that her friends pretty much got their money back and treated him like trash. And this scene is heartbreaking and hilarious altogether. What would you have done the same thing in Alexis's shoes? What did you think of this moment in the story? So I think that her friends are complete bitches. And oh, I hate them assholes. They are the, really they're not wish, friends. Um, I really they're the plastics. Wish, right. I really wish that um, <clears throat> that she would have told them who he was. Yes, fuck. I understand why she didn't do that because they weren't I mean they were still just banging at that point you know right 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 but also um, but I I I wanted um I wanted that for them yeah. I'm trying to find the books so I'm the quotes that I sent You're you fine. Katie, so I'm distracted and this is not going well for me I cannot there's find one it. from the beginning of the book that's hilarious where it's like 
He's 28. I'm, I'm really struggling because our group chat is like... Huge. 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 Yeah. Hickey. She had a hickey from that boy. That was funny. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to move forward then. Okay, we talk- if I find it, I'll uh, tell you. Yeah. We talk about how Alexis's parents treat her. Is it abuse and why do you think she stays? Yes. It's abuse and she stays because that's the only cycle she knows. Yeah. She knows abuse. She is a doctor for Christ's sake. Yeah. Why didn't she just leave and get a job elsewhere? Because abuser, abused don't know they're being abused. Um, it's, it's not easy though. She has no. family obligation and the, it, it's not an easy thing to, to give not, that up. It's not. Um, near the end of the book in chapter 35, things have finally come to a head. Alexis is certain she has been clear with Daniel. But then he shows up at the hospital the day of her big advancement and her whole family and friends meet her, him in her life and everything blows up in a moment. How do you think she handled this? And did you think she handled it well? <laughs> I disagree with you that she uh, was very clear with him because they had already had the conversation that this can't go anywhere. And then together made the decision that it would him showing up there was part of that. It was I know. him. It was him doing that. Right. And I, she I mean, insinuated that she did not want him to come. Well, she didn't invite him. Right. But you don't have to invite your partner to, to show up for you. A good partner shows up for you. Right. Oh, Bailey. She has feelings about this book, too, obviously. Um, do you think Alexis handled it well? I think she handled it about as well as I would have. Valid. Valid. All right. So I found some of the quotes. Um, yep. I'd follow a clown into a storm drain if it had a baby goat in pajamas. <laughs> Back. Yeah. If you don't, if you, if you don't steal a hoodie, if you steal a hoodie and don't wear it, oh, sorry. You don't steal a hoodie and not wear it. Otherwise, it's just another senseless crime. Yeah. All men are two things, disappointing and consistent. That's the one I was thinking about. Men are two things, disappointing and consistent. Disappointing and consistent. And then, of course, it. this is a quote repeatedly in the book, but grace costs you nothing. nothing. Which is grace costs awesome. you nothing. Go into 2024 with that, gang. Grace costs grace you nothing. Costs you nothing. There was one that, and we didn't talk about this, walk on finds what it needs. Like mm -hmm. the town finds what it yeah, needs. There was some sort of like magical thing happening. The town started storming when she was gone. And yeah, the, the town, uh, the, the trees threw acorns at the bitchy yeah. girls. I have like three more questions. You got I it? I think that those parts were necessary though, by the way. No. In the end of our our characters get the happy ending they well deserved. Yes, did you like this ending? Yeah. It was very uh, cliche. Mm -hmm. Of course she's going to go move. I knew from the beginning that it would most likely end with her going there and starting a clinic. Yeah. Uh, it's a place of privilege that she has the money to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I wasn't surprised at all, but that's how it ended. But I did like the ending. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm a bitch. Really, woman? You didn't think we didn't notice Montgomery, Derek, surgeons? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Legacy surgeons, legacy doctors. Come on, Abby. Mm -hmm. Tell us the truth. Mm -hmm. This is great fanfic, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Don't lie. She's definitely a Grace fan. She's definitely a Grace fan. The one last thing I want to talk about before we get to final thoughts is uh, she has two different really types of friends. She has her true best friend, who is the other ER Bree. doctor, Bree. Mm -hmm. And then she has the plastics that are Neil's wife's friends. Who also work at the hospital. What did you think of her keeping both place settings? She's pretending to be one thing with them and pretending to be her. She's being herself with Brie. What did you think of this choice uh, for 
her as a character. Like, why keep up this pretense? Why force yourself into these kind of relationships? I think the answer is in the same question that you asked about her family. Um, she befriends these women and stays friends with them because of familiar obligation. I feel like the family obligation was the reason that she had to be friends with those women. They were, they, they were had, part of the set. They were part of the right, packaging. Right. Exactly. Um, and, they all lived in the same neighborhood. They all went to the same gym. They right. Just... Right. Whereas Brie was the person she was truly herself around. Brie loved her for her. Right. She didn't love her because she's Dr. Allie, not Dr. Montgomery. Right. And I think, I think that that scene when Daniel comes and he's sitting in his car and Brie shows up and says, you're Daniel, aren't you? And he's like, yeah. Um, and he starts explaining all the things. She's like, no, that that's but that's this, that's that, that's this. Mm-hmm. And she says, She has told me about you, and I'm yeah. the one that matters. Yeah. And that is the truth of it is Allie's life. The truth of her life is that the person, the people who matter to her are Bree and Daniel. Yep. Yep. I mean, Derek, I would put Derek in there, but Derek kind of abandoned her. Derek I, just bolted. He was like, fuck this. I got a pop star in Malaysia. Woo! Yeah, but I don't think that he did it just for the pop star. I think that I she think made he... him more human, humane. Well, I mean, and he, he, the distance away from the Montgomery family. Mm-hmm. You, you, she, you see it when uh, she's there in Walk On with Daniel. It's, it's the same thing that Mark Sloan did. Mm-hmm. Gave up his fancy practice as a, as a surgeon, uh, plastic surgeon and moved to follow Addison. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Again, Gray's bitch. Okay. Uh, final thoughts. Good read ratings. Did I miss anything? Um, no, I thought we got everything. I gave it a four out of five. I would have given it a four. I gave it a four and a half out of five. Sorry. That's I where I landed. A five had it been open door, not cracked door. Mm-hmm. That would have been it for me. Um, and I don't think I missed anything. Okay. If you or someone you know needs help in any way, shape, or form, the hotline is 1-800-799-7233 or visit thehotline.org. That website has a fail-safe on it. It immediately closes if you click on one thing. Same with the phone number. The phone number automatically erases itself, I believe, from your phone. There is a lot of fail-safes in there. There is help out there if you need it. Please, Mm -hmm. for the love of God, reach out to someone. Yeah. If you are struggling or know someone that is, please reach out. The resources are there. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about what we're doing the rest of this month? Please. Okay. So next week, we're continuing with our romance reads, and we are talking about this book, My Roommate is a Vampire. That book by is Jenna also Levine. making me giggle. And this book was actually uh, recommended to me by uh, Bookables Heather. Um, she's on YouTube. Um, we had her on season five and Mm -hmm. she's actually coming again on season six. Um, but she recommended this book to me. Um, the third week of this month, we do not have a copy to show you yet because the book's not released, but we are talking to Nikki Payne about her newest book since sex, lies, sensibility, sex, lies, lies, and sensibility. I can't talk to And this is a picture of the cover right here. Tom will put it right there. Thanks, Tom. Um, and then we're wrapping out the month with the wall of uh, the wall of Winnipeg and Me by Mariana Zapata, and this book has been recommended to me by two different coworkers. And uh, Heather from Bookables also loved it. One of my coworkers recommended it to her, and she loved it as well. Is it a uh, hockey book? Uh, football. Okay. It was recently repackaged. Um, there was a different cover, cover, right? Yeah. yeah, it was originally a self-published book, and Avon um, picked it up, and it's now this cover. Congratulations, so, um, and And in the past, I have very much enjoyed Avon published books. Um, Same. 
they uh when we were kids they were the paperback romance novel like, oh they were the movie. redbacks that our grandma they were the ones that your grandma and your mom like had under her pillow and rachel green had under her pillow yeah um and now avon is really killing it with a lot of really awesome authors and so yeah. i would be happy to join your team avon <laughs> i'd be happy if you did too um <laughs> So, so that's what we've got coming up this month, and um, it's good to be back. I it's, it's good to be back. Up. We're so happy to be back, guys. Season six. Woo! Till next time, fuckers. We love you, besties. Till next time. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April and not those of anyone else. Today's book was Part of Your World by Abby Jimenez. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins, editing by Thomas Watkins, and music is Sleep Sweetly by Brigida. Don't forget to follow the book besties on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the book besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com or our website, www.bookbestiespodcast.com. Until next time, besties, get lost in your favorite book.